1: betmgm and game sense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices please gamble responsibly betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager washington dc only please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER
2: hey there it's ryan seacrest for safeway now that spring is here it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine
4: Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl. That's 888 84 Jesse, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out.
5: This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
4: I bet drowning would really suck. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it's going to be a lively one today. How lively? Well, we have my friend, Pastor Daryl Scott, coming up next hour. Black pastor out of uh, Michigan. Great dude. He's on my TV show all the time. He has some thoughts on the GOP and black voters. We're going to want to hear him. Don't know if he's right or wrong. We're going to want to hear the man. Julie Kelly, final hour of today, she interviewed that dude. You've seen the pictures of the dude who sat in Nancy Pelosi's desk on January 6th. She sat down with him for an interview. He just got out of jail. We're going to talk to Julie Kelly about that. Like I said, it's going to be a wild day today. We have the White House running cover for China again. We have a GOP governor. Licking his finger and sticking it in the air to see which way the wind's blowing. Again, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day on the Jesse Kelly Show. No, I cannot give you my big announcement yet. I cannot. Again, I have a huge announcement coming soon. I can't even tell you when because I'm waiting on one final thing, and I'm not in control of it. It could be it honestly, it could be five minutes from now. It could be five days from now. But I will tell you the second I know. But back to the whole drowning thing. I realize we've never talked, at least not at length, about the Lusitania. That passenger liner, the ship that sunk. And it's it's widely credited as one of the things that pushed America into World War One. And I have a take today. That's probably going to make people angry to whatever degree the Lusitania can can raise those emotions inside of you. See, I've always known this about the Lusitania. I knew that a German U-boat, a German submarine, sunk it, and that was wrong. That's what I knew. Uh, You might want to hold off on that. You really might want to hold off on that. By the time I got done doing all my prep, all my research with it, I found myself entirely convinced. And you may, too. I will give it to you as even-handedly as I can. I found myself entirely convinced Germany did absolutely nothing wrong here and got screwed by a great PR campaign. (laughs) So let's dive into it. Let's look. Uh, Like I said, I'll give it to you as even-handedly as I can. I told you my bias going into it, but I got that bias from reading. Now, let's set it up. Pre-World War I, there was a shipping competition going on. We've told the story a bunch. Germany had just recently unified and really became one unified German nation in the 1800s, later 1800s. But they were awesome, especially early on. And I mean just a juggernaut. The The fertility in the country was out, uh, through the roof, which does make for a prosperous nation. You know German people anyway, hardworking, detailed. They're killing it. Their economy's booming. Britain had been the big boy on the block on the planet for, all oh, I don't know, hundreds of years by this point. And Britain had a huge, famous Navy. Britain always has the best Navy in the world. At least they did up until World War II, and now that title belongs to us, but that's another story entirely. Britain always had the best Navy in the world. And on top of the best Navy in the world, their merchant shipping was second to none. I mean, they're the huge empire worldwide. They're constantly trading here and there and whatnot. Along comes Germany, and Germany decides we're getting in on that game. We're going to build up a powerful, modern navy that will be able to challenge Britain's navy on the high seas. And our merchant shipping's going to be dynamite? And then they both started to get in this gigantic... Test of whose is bigger by getting in on the passenger liner thing. You see, cruise ships today, everyone knows what a cruise ship is, whether or not you've ever been on one. But back then, it wasn't really common for people to hop on a ship and cross the ocean for, for, I'm sorry, for fun? For fun? Why? It's miserable. Well, enterprising souls got to thinking Hey, it doesn't take three months to cross the ocean now. You make the trip from New York to to the U.K. in six days. We have all these steam-powered ships. I bet people would pay a fortune if we were to make these ships gigantic, fun, floating hotels with heat and air conditioning and food. I bet they would pay a bunch of money to do that, and people would. It turned out there was a market for it. So Germany... Starts building their passenger liners, their cruise ships. I'm just gonna call them cruise ships. That's not really what they're supposed to be called, but that's what I'm calling them. Makes it easy for everyone to understand. Britain does not like it that America and Germany both are getting in on this ocean liner, uh, you know, business. So British companies, and this is gonna come into play for our story, these British cruise ship companies. They go to the government, the British government, and they say, Hey, would you mind giving us a loan, maybe a little startup cash? British government says, Why? What? Hey, we want to build new ships, bigger and better ships than Germany has, and bigger and better ships than America has. And we're running out of money because this competition's killing us. British government wants to be number one too, so they think about it and they come up with a solution. They say to themselves, well, they say to the cruise ship company, sure, sure, yeah, we'll give you a loan. We're Britain, we're doing pretty well. But there's a catch. If we give you a loan, then at any time we want, we can point to your passenger liner ships and say, they're ours now for wartime purposes. We can take them essentially into the Navy and make them Navy ships whenever we want if we give you this loan. Cruise company says, okay. And out of this deal comes a ship called the Lusitania. The Lusitania had a sister ship that was pretty much identical to it. I'm not going to go into the name and all that stuff. But know that because that's going to come into play for our story. Now, let's walk into World War One. World War One breaks out. We've told the story a thousand times, we're not going into it again. But Britain is squaring off against Germany and there are a lot more people involved, but that's who you need to worry about for today. Germany was a fantastic land power, especially during World War 1. There are people out there who say the German army in World War 1 is the greatest army in the history of mankind? You just don't ever think about that because they lost. But would you, I mean, they, they, it was an incredible army. Britain did not have a huge army, but what Britain did have was that wonderful, wonderful navy. And it turns out that German navy that they were building up because they wanted it to match Britain's on the high seas. It turned out it was just big enough to cost Germany a bunch of money. You see, you're either number one on the high seas, or you might as well not build much of a navy at all because ships cost a fortune and take forever to build. And if you're not number one, then you go out on the high seas and you end up in the bottom of the ocean and you didn't help yourself. The German navy had built up. It was great. It was strong. But it was still not a match for the British, at least on the surface. Britain knows this in an effort to win the war. And I'm not ripping on Britain for this. You know, I'm a British fan in an effort to win the war. Britain does what Britain had done for a long time. They took that wonderful Navy of theirs and they simply sailed up to German ports and said, no more shipping. Well, there's going to be a response. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk to Julie Kelly, who interviewed a man who sat in Nancy Pelosi's desk. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Quitting dipping is terrible. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you if you're one of those people who dips. If you're one of those people who smokes. It, 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 look, it's an addiction. i had it forever. I, I, there's no judgment here. And pulling yourself away for something that has become part of your life is hard. And it is part of your life. No one likes to admit that, but it is. So get some help. And no, I don't mean you have to go sit down on a couch and tell somebody your problems. Go get some Jake's Mint Chew because then you can keep dipping. Go ahead, put in that dip. But make sure it's tobacco-free and nicotine-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE when you get there. Promo code JESSE for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877 377 4373. Jesse at jessiekellyshow.com. You can email me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. They are already starting to come in and they're great. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right, let's, before we get to, remember, we have Julie Kelly coming up last hour. She's one, that, that great writer, Julie Kelly. She sat down and interviewed the man you've seen pictures of who who sat in Nancy Pelosi's desk during the January 6th incident. I want to know what this guy had to say. I want to know what they're telling him, what he's facing. I'm dying to talk to Julie Kelly, so we'll get into that. Back to the sinking of the Lusitania. Britain looks at all those German ports and says to itself, you know, We're going to blockade all of them. Now, I have to be clear here because Germany is made to be the bad guy in this war, and they are certainly made to be the bad guy in the sinking of the Lusitania. Which ships was Britain stopping? Which ones were they preventing from getting into Germany? Well, ships that were carrying any military cargo, yes, yes, absolutely. They were also stopping... Everything else, food, medicine, countries and groups that wanted to send humanitarian aid to the civilian population of Germany. Britain's Navy was stepping in and saying, no, 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 you're not allowed in either. And if we're going to do this thing where we talk about rules because everyone talks about Germany violating the rules, that was a blatant violation of the rules of war for Britain to not let anything through. In fact, they declared the whole North Sea to be a war zone and which gave them the authority to basically sink and attack anything they wanted up there. Now, I want to be clear, I'm not blasting away at Britain for the decision either. This was a world war. The fate of nations was at stake. Hundreds of thousands were dying. Nations were going bankrupt. You can't you can't halfway a war like that. You better win if you're in it. And they were playing it to win it. But it's sold. It's sold to Americans. It's sold historically as this outrageous act of, act of war crime from Germany. Well, Britain was purposely starving the population of Germany to death. Men, women, and children. Not saying they're wrong, but that's what they were doing. Now, here's another part of the situation, and this is going to come into play with the sinking of the Lusitania, America, America. I know this is going to sound crazy to you, but America was actually founded on not getting involved in anyone else's wars, period. You can go read George Washington's farewell address. Believe it or not, I know you're going to find this shocking. That is that that is not that wasn't just the founding. That's the entire history of our country right up to World War I, World War II-ish. People who are who only live in this current era, they don't know they don't realize that. They think what we do now is what we were meant to do. It's exactly what the founders said, don't do. They said don't ever do it. America was a neutral country in World War I. And remember, this is not. Nazi Germany, World War II, good versus evil. We got along with the Germans too. the The dominant immigrant group into America were German people. There were there was German people. There were German speaking newspapers at this time in the United States of America. It was a hugely German country. We got along with everyone, and so we said to ourselves, "Okay, well, we'll look, we'll ship our goods and services to everybody too. You want some food? Look, you want some artillery? You want this? You want that? America will sell it to all of you. We're not we're not interested in it." But here's the deal. Yeah, we were selling it to Britain. Oh, we would sell it to Germany too. But remember that whole blockade thing from Britain? America's goods weren't getting through to Germany. Now, how does that look if you're the German high command? Does that look like America's being neutral? Or does that look like America very much picked aside and you're not on it? You see where I'm going with this whole thing? So Germany has to make a choice. We can sit here and starve to death and watch the manufacturing giant of the world, which we were becoming at this time. We can sit here and starve to death and watch the manufacturing giant of the world pour weapons and munitions and food and everything else into the coffers of our enemy. Or we can do something about it. And I want you to know, this decision, the decision on whether or not they should do unrestricted submarine warfare was agonized over and debated at the highest levels in Germany. It's not as if they were all like, "Yes, yeah, screw it. Let's start sinking civilian ships. They knew what the stakes were. Nevertheless, Germany says, okay, you want to blockade our ports? I realize our surface Navy can't fight yours. You know what we do have? Boatloads of submarines. Boatloads of U-boats. Consider the entire water around the UK. Consider all of it now a war zone. And they sent a message out to the whole world. Though it was not like this was a secret. They told Britain and they told the whole world, do not come here. I don't care who you are. Do not come here or you will be sunk. And don't test us. Now, Germany wasn't this belligerent. You know, we, you like to think of them. As soon as I say Germany, you you can't get the Nazi image out of your head, right? This is way before the Nazi stuff. You you picture some bloodthirsty German savage? Germany wasn't stupid, and they weren't bloodthirsty. Germany, they were very worried about killing civilians. They were very, very, very worried specifically about killing American civilians. They did not want America getting involved in this war. So what did they do? At first, they followed the rules of warfare, the rules that Britain was violating, and Germany would do this. They would approach a gigantic cargo ship, a merchant vessel of any kind, with their submarine, They would give up their one advantage and let the submarine surface. Then they would get on a bullhorn and yell to the ship, hey, stop. You will stop right now. If the ship didn't stop, by the way, the submarine was then allowed to shoot it. But every time the ship would stop, the Germans would then board the ship and examine it. If they found things they didn't like on it, even then they wouldn't kill the civilians on it. They would pull them off the ship and then sink it to the bottom, right? Very nice, very, very chivalrous, very orderly. Well, remember about two seconds ago when we were talking about the stakes being high and you can't lose this war? Winston Churchill and Britain, they didn't like this whole being blockaded thing. You see, they were supposed to be the only ones allowed to do that. So Churchill decided he was going to do something about it. What was he going to do about it? He was going to start mounting weapons, heavy weapons on merchant vessels and passenger liner ships and hiding the weapons until the submarine surfaced and then ripping the cover off the weapons and sinking the submarine. And there was another part of it. There were two other really dirty parts of it. And I like dirty. That's fine. But another part of it was... They would wait for the submarine to surface and stop and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. We're stopping. Go ahead and board us. Then they'd fire the ship up and ram the submarine because the ship is a lot harder than the submarine. Wouldn't hurt the ship at all. would tear the submarine in half. It would sink to the bottom. And that's not even the worst. You want to know what the worst thing they did was as far as dirty? I'll tell you in one second. You know the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier is so small and light you can hold it in your hand? I will tell you, I travel with mine. When I I go to a hotel, I bring one along. And right now, this week only, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack. You get three units for under $200. I told you I have three. I I didn't start out with three. I started out with one. And wow, I was blown away. I went and ordered two. I think it was the next day, if not two days after that. I have three in my home. One in my bedroom, one in my son's room, and then one out in our general living area. This week only is that deal. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the code word JESSE and the number three. That's JESSE and the number three at checkout. EdenPureDeals.com. Jesse three is the Jesse Kelly show. Do not forget. You can follow me on social media at Jesse Kelly, DC on Twitter, on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on locals. I'll be making my announcement the second I'm allowed to. So quit pressuring me, everybody. What, Chris? What? Did I tell you I'm shopping for a car now? <sighs> All right. You know what? We'll go. We'll go. Look, I understand the limitations, Chris. We'll go into that in a little bit. I'm just frustrated. I'm at a point of frustration. Yes, it's the sunroof thing. Okay. It's the sunroof thing. And now there's something else wrong. And it just sucks. All right. We'll go into it in a little bit. I'm not talking about my problems right now. Back to the Lusitania thing. I already told you the things Britain was doing. Hiding guns, exposing, then exposing the gun and blasting the submarine out of the water, ramming the submarines in yet another blatant violation of the, quote, rules of the sea. Britain was flying American flags on their ship instead of British flags because Germany They were on the lookout for British ships. Those are the ones they wanted to sink. What I'm telling you is this. Britain had broken every single rule they could possibly break leading up to this whole Lusitania thing. Now, let's go to the actual sinking of the Lusitania and walk through it. Lusitania was a nice cruise ship, an ocean liner, a passenger liner, whatever you want to call it. It, what it did was it went from Liverpool to New York City and back. Again, that trip takes about six days. It uh, it has these gigantic, if you ever look, you can look at a picture of it. It has these gigantic smokestacks, steam stacks coming out of it. What it did was it ran on steam, which that's powered by coal. And so they would have guys down below, hundreds of them. I mean, it's basically, it's real, real hard work. Slave labor, practically, where... You are, just like in the movies, shoveling coal with a shovel into a gigantic steaming hot boiler that creates, you know, the, the heat you need for steam. And then that powers the ship. It's very, very, very fast. Remember in the beginning I told you Lusitania had a sister ship and how the British government could grab these ships and say you're, you're now in naval service? They did it to the sister ship of the Lusitania. And in fact, they said to the Lusitania, get ready, we may take you too. And they actually put the mounts on the Lusitania for the heavy weapons I was talking about. They didn't put the heavy weapons on there, but they put the mounts on there. The Lusitania was still making runs. They were making about two runs a month between Liverpool and New York City. Now, again, this is going to sound like a gigantic German apology show, but all everything I'm saying is true. Germany was started, starting to get real suspicious because Britain was cheating at every turn. And Germany started to suspect that they were hiding wartime things on these passenger liners. Guess what was on the manifest, on the public manifest anybody could read on the Lusitania? Four million rounds of ammunition. We're not just talking about little Tommy and Timmy on their first cruise ship ever. You're at war with this nation who's been cheating you and starving you at every turn. On top of that, remember I said the Germans weren't these bloodthirsty monsters? The German ambassador to the United States of America took out a widespread ad widespread ad in American newspapers telling the American public, do not get on these ships that are going to England. We are going to start sinking them. We are now considering these to be warships. Do not get on the ships. They told everybody specifically because they were so worried about accidentally killing Americans, right? And dragging us into the war. Well, lo and behold, which is, it's just amazing to me they were still making this run. The Lusitania set sail with about 1,900 people on it, set sail from New York City heading on over to Liverpool. Now, you're a German U-boat captain. You know everything I've just told you up to this point in time. You also probably have knowledge that this particular ship has he- it? Even they even had fuses on it and ammunition on it. They eyed up the ship, and they launched a torpedo at it. Torpedo slams into the side of the Lusitania on the starboard side. That's the right side for you, land lovers. It hammers into the starboard side. The ship starts to list. That means lean. Whenever they say a ship is listing, that means it's leaning over a little bit on the normally leans toward that side because it's taking on water in that side. That makes sense? So it's not sitting straight up and down anymore. And then, and what's funny is I can't find any information on this. Now, this part, I'm, this is purely speculative, okay? I'm just guessing on this. Not long after that torpedo hit, There was a second explosion inside the Lusitania. I must have watched and read 12 things on the Lusitania over the last 24 hours. I've not found a single person who can tell me what that second explosion was. Could have just been fuel. Could have been, Chris said, coal dust. It could be. Maybe there was other munitions on there that I don't know about. Whatever that second explosion was, I do know there was a second explosion. I just don't know what it was. Whatever the second explosion was, it put the ship down for good. Now the ship starts to list and lean heavily. And I'm going to walk you through what took 18 minutes. 18 minutes is all you had from the time the torpedo hit to the time this thing went under the water. And keep in mind, because we're going to come back to this, this water is freezing we're up by Ireland. We're, right in, we're in the Celtic Sea, right in between Ireland and the UK. The ship starts to list badly. The captain now knows we are in very, very bad trouble. One of the steps he takes, to give you a little nerd out detail here, he does what's called venting the boilers. What you're doing is you're blowing all the heat and steam out of the boilers. Why? Because when the ice-cold water hits a smoking hot boiler, it explodes. And he is so sure the ship is going down, he has to cool these things off now to keep them from exploding and killing everybody as soon as the water hits. Now, the only reason I included that is I think it will add to what the scene must have felt like as this thing is going down. When you vent the boilers, it makes a loud hiss, supposedly so loud you can't hear yourself think so now the ship is leaning, the ship is sinking, there's a hissing sound so loud you can't communicate with other people. Soon, as the ship is leaning and sinking, the electricity goes out. Well, what if you're not on A deck? What if you're not on the top of the ship? What if you're one of the poorer people who had to buy the lower class seats? What if you're down in F deck And the power goes out. And there aren't windows. And the ship had elevators. It was a very fancy ship. Well, now the elevators don't work anymore either. And you're down there in the dark. And you're down there in the dark. And the water starts coming in. And you're with your wife. Or you're with your husband. And you're with your kids. And now, as panic sets in that ice-cold water hits you for the first time, what is that moment like? We will wrap up the sinking of the Lusitania here in just a second, and then we'll get to the White House running cover for China again. Gosh, hang on.
5: Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so?
4: Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I love my Northwest Retention Systems holster. I've talked to you a lot about the quality of Northwest Retention Systems, and obviously that's true. That's very true. But what I probably haven't talked to you enough about is the comfort. Look, I carry inside the waistband. On my right side, that's where I carry my concealed weapon. And I've had several holsters there before I stepped up and finally started buying quality. It digs into my back. And then it slides forward or slides back. It digs into my kidney. Or it'll be fine when I'm standing up walking around. And then the second I sit down, I feel like Mike Tyson punched me in the gut. Just go get a comfortable holster from Northwest Retention Systems. They add comfort. Trust me on this one. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE when you get there. That gets you 10% off and free shipping on everything over $100.
3: this bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be uh, to just got to be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us. Excuse us.
4: It sounds like gunshots. I'll let you know what this is. These seem to be gunshots. <laughs> what? Who is this warrior, Chris? I need to know who this is. By the way, that was... We're trying to find the guy's name so we can give give you credit or give him credit for it. That was a shooting in George Floyd Square. That was yesterday on the anniversary of George Floyd's death. I don't know the results of the shooting and fatalities or anything like that. So we're not talking about that specifically. We're talking about this lion with ice water in his veins. Chris, play this again. Shooting going on right behind him. And he saw, excuse me, Cheerio, excuse me. This bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be uh, to just got to be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us. Excuse us. Uh, <laughs> what? Just got to be careful here. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, an extra cream in the coffee, please. Thank you, sir. <laughs> what? All right, back to the Lusitania before I get to uh, the White House. All right. So the power's out down below. The water hits. People are now scrambling to get to the stairs because the elevators are broken. Well, it starts to bottleneck at the stairs. And we're talking, you know, there are about 1,900 people on the ship. There are still 300 down below as the water pours in and you're bottlenecking at at the stairs. So what about the lifeboats? The Lusitania, remember, this is three years after the Titanic sank. So, you know, there are more lifeboats. And we need a lifeboat for everyone and all that. Well, the Lusitania has 48 lifeboats on it, but it sinks so fast, and it's listing, it's leaning so badly that all the lifeboats on one side of the ship are useless. They can't be lowered because now they're leaning against the ship. The lifeboat uses gravity to bring itself down. Okay, so now you've lost half of them. Well, apparently, the ship wasn't that organized, or I mean... Maybe it just happened too fast. The other half didn't get down either. Of the 48 lifeboats, Chris, take a guess. Of the 48 lifeboats on the Lusitania, how many do you think actually hit the water with people in them? Chris said 30. The answer? Six. Six lifeboats. They were able to successfully launch six lifeboats. And there are a million little stories of heroism here, of please take my seat, here, ma'am, I'll die, here, you go do this. And there are stories of villainy, too, in, in, in bad situations, scary situations, life-threatening situations. Inevitably, there are heroes and there are villains. There was one lifeboat that launched successfully, you know, lifeboat full of women and kids and things like that two dudes who were desperate to get off the boat and get in the lifeboat jumped off of the ship into the lifeboat and capsized it. There are just stories like that all over the place. Long story short, 1,900-plus people on the Lusitania, over 1,100 of them died. 128 dead were Americans. Obviously, it took a little bit longer, but... Right after this, the world was outraged and Britain went on a propaganda campaign, under, an understandable propaganda campaign. You have this opportunity, right, to take down your enemy. You, there's an opportunity here. They went on a worldwide propaganda campaign making Germany out to be, out, out to be a bunch of baby killers, out to be a, bu- a bunch of civilian killing barbarian monsters. And it worked. Now, I told you already, I do not think Germany did anything wrong here. That's just the way it goes. Chris said half a million rounds of ammunition. Nobody, you missed it, four million rounds of ammunition on that ship. And shell casings and fuses. There were munitions on the ship, listed on the ship. Oh, of course, they covered all that up after the fact. But what did Germany do wrong? What did they do wrong here? You can argue not anything, and that would be my argument, but how did it go wrong for Germany? Well, timing. Timing is everything. You see, you could probably have pulled that off if you hadn't already invaded Belgium at the start of the war Violating every single international law. Now you've developed a reputation for being somebody who violates international law and kills innocent people. So you don't get the benefit of the doubt the second time. The world was ready to believe that Germany was the evil monster who would just sink a cruise ship for no reason. They probably wanted to send little Timmy to the bottom of the Celtic Sea. Your resume, the things you've done, the trust you have built, your resume determines how your next thing Will be received. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the system. And you and I are going to talk about it next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have Pastor Daryl Scott coming up about halfway through next hour. He was a Trump supporter. Obviously, he's a pastor, has some controversial, I don't know if it's even fair to call it controversial, has different views On race. I mean, he's a black pastor. I'm pretty sure he's from Detroit, so he's got different views on race. He had a he had something out on social media this morning I'm gonna ask him about. He said, quote, the reason the GOP doesn't get the black vote is because Republicans select black candidates that reflect the party to black community, while Democrats select black candidates that reflect voters in the black community. I want to know what he's talking about. That, and I'll tell you about the system next.
3: bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be uh, to just got to be careful here with some
4: gunshots excuse us, excuse us it sounds like gunshots i'll let you know what this is <laughs> we did track down his name that's philip crowther with the ap i don't know look don't write me and say oh you're not going to like this guy i don't look I don't care if he's the antichrist. That's impressive. That's impressive. Coolness under fire. Just sitting out there. Didn't even raise his voice. Hang on. Excuse me. Excuse me. We may be getting shot at. Don't worry about that. (laughs) It is the Jesse Kelly show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Isn't this so fun? Jewish producer Chris and I talk about this a lot. This is just the funnest job ever. You guys make this job a blast. I'll never understand. I'll never understand why almost everybody I know who does this, who does some kind of punditry for a living—if you even want to call this work—somebody who does radio or TV for a living—almost everyone I know, they're miserable all the time. I don't. And just said, "Why, buddy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe." Maybe it's a matter of perspective. You know, I haven't been doing this 20 years. I've been doing this like three. I just kind of fell backwards into this whole thing. Maybe it's a matter of perspective, but this is not work. Uh, This is a blast. We get to make jokes for a living. We make fun of these people for a living. All right, let's get serious for a minute, Chris. Dang it. Germany sinks the Lusitania and doesn't get the benefit of the the doubt because they had previously violated said benefit of the doubt. Let me ask you something. I'm looking at a headline right here. This is from Breitbart.com. I'm looking at a headline here, and you know what it says? White House cautions Americans about believing coronavirus lab leak theory. This is from Breitbart. Setting aside this specific story, let's say tomorrow tomorrow a gigantic news story hits the wire a new virus hits the shores of america we'll call the virus chris virus all right the chris virus hits america's shores or at least you read that it hits america's shores soon you're you're getting on your your websites and you're learning about the chris virus Joe Biden has an emergency press conference. There is a virus. This Chris virus is no joke. It might kill us all. 20 million might be dead by tomorrow morning. It just liquefies your ear hair or something. It does something terrible. The Chris virus, every news story is talking about the Chris virus this and Chris virus that. We're all going to die. Are you going to believe it? Are you going to, watching these news stories and watching the president and watching this new new government doctor run to the microphone, are you going to run around with your hair on fire saying, oh, we're all going to die? Or at this point, are you going to say to yourself, oh, these guys are full of crap. They're just trying all this stuff again. I understand you're going to be the cynical one. I get that. And I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, I'm the one who says you're right. I don't believe anything anymore. But this is the problem. Don't you see? This is the problem when trust has already been violated so many times. What if the next time what if the next time it is the end of the world? What if next time, what if next time it is the Chris virus? What if it is the black plague wipes out a third of the population of Europe? The problem with violating so much trust as our cultural institute uh, as our cultural institutions have the problem is when something is real cuz something will be real right when something is real you're not going to believe it it's that old boy who cried wolf story what do you do let me ask you and you don't have to answer me you can by email or phone you don't have to tell your friends but i want you to i want you to ask i want you to think about this What's your first reaction? Not the reaction you think you should have. What's your first reaction now, in the year 2021, when I say the word FBI? Do you think to yourself, oh, yeah, the G-men, the federal law enforcement arm, probably the smartest and best out there, taking down criminals? Is that what you think automatically? Or inside, do you go, oh, gosh, those guys again? Uh, I wonder what wonder what they're lying about now. Well, I know what the answer to my question is. I know what you're thinking, and I'm thinking the same thing. I, I, look, I go through the same thing. But can't we say, in all honesty, that's not good, right? And it's not your fault. It's their fault. They violated the trust. But you're at a place that is very, very unhealthy when you don't trust America's institutions anymore. What do you do tomorrow when the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, comes out and gives you a huge warning about the Chris virus? Are you going to believe them? What was it, like 15 minutes ago, Chris, the CDC was involved in stopping people from being evicted? I'm almost positive the CDC said racism was a public health crisis? You see, this is what happens when your institutions get rotted to the core. Nobody believes anything anymore. Nobody believes anything anymore. And then, when you're there, aren't you already done? Let me ask you, what would it take for you to start trusting the system again? What would it take? Think about, think, think about the monumental efforts it would take on behalf of the system for you to trust it again. What would the media have to do and how long would they have to do it for you to sit down and believe the things they feed you every day? How long would that take? How many years? How many years would it take? For the FBI to clean up its act before you forget about the Federal Bureau of Investigation intentionally lying to get a warrant to spy on an American citizen and not a single guy seeing a day in jail. Yeah, Chris said people still haven't forgotten about Ruby Ridge. You're right. They haven't. People still haven't forgotten about Waco this is the problem once that trust is gone once the trust is gone trust is so hard to earn back i i look we have fairly well behaved boys but they're still boys and they're still mine so they they can get rebellious but if if i have a plate of cookies on the counter and one goes missing And I ask the boys where it went, and they say the dog took it, okay. And then I look on uh, interior camera in the home, and I see one of the boys taking it. How long does he have to spend earning trust back before I believe him the next time a cookie goes missing? Well, we have every single cultural institution now weaponizing itself against you, in me, at a time when they should be fully committed to earning back trust. There's that great quote by that uh, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn, we know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know we know they are lying. We know they know we know they are lying. But they are still lying. Hang on.
5: Talkie. follow, like, and subscribe
4: on social at Jesse Kelly, DC Northwest retention systems. They don't put a priority on bulk. I mean, oh, we're going to do 10,000 holsters today. No, 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 no. Everything at Northwest retention systems is custom made and custom made gear means that holster you carry on your body, the one that holds the weapon that May save your life one day. Northwest Retention Systems custom-made that for you. That's important because when the time comes, if it comes, and I hope it never does, when you have to draw your weapon, you will want to be drawing it out of a custom-made quality holster, not some risky thing you bought at a big box hunting store that they make 10000 at a time. Go to nwretention.com. That's NWretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E. That gets us 10% off.
3: I think it was obvious to smart people that's where it came from. I have no doubt about it. I had no doubt about it. Uh, I was
6: criticized by the press because China has a lot of people taken care of. They took
3: care of Hunter. They took care of Joe. They took care of everybody, didn't they? And people didn't
4: want to say China. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We have Pastor Daryl Scott coming up in 10 minutes. The GOP. In the black vote, he talks about it a lot. Let's talk to him about it. I like, having, I like having people on who have something to say. And you know what I enjoy, Chris? Now, maybe this may be because I'm a sociopath and they say you attract, whenever you're a host of something, you attract the, the listeners or viewers will be people who are similar to you. It's just inevitable. But you know what I enjoy? I enjoy the fact that I have guests on who have different opinions on things. Not the standard boilerplate stuff. Never a complaint. Never a complaint. I mean, people will write in and be like, well, I didn't really agree with them there. But there's never, I'm outraged that this person had this take on things. Maybe it's because, one, my audience is a bunch of sociopaths. Or two, they know I'm one and I don't care. But remember something, and I want you to remember this. I want you to remember it forever, whether you're just a listener, whether you want to do this for a living, whatever you want to do. I am not in any other business besides interesting. I'm in the interesting business. My job is not to save the world. I'm going to try to do as much good as I can while I'm here. My job is to make your drive home or drive to work better for about 30 minutes. That's my job. Period. End of story. I'm interested to hear what Pastor Daryl Scott has to say. And no, I don't have an announcement yet. Stop emailing me asking if you missed it. <laughs> yes, there is a huge announcement coming on the show. There is, it is coming. No, I've not made it yet. On my life, on my life, I'm not going to leave you hanging. The second I am legally allowed to tell you, I'm going to tell you. And honestly, it could be by the end of the show, and it could be a week from now. I'm just I, I'm not in control of the timeline is the best way I can explain it. Once I'm allowed to announce everything, as you know I will, I'll give you all the details on everything. I'll give you all the backroom stuff. I'll give you all the insider stuff. I'm happy to give you all that stuff as soon as I'm allowed to do it. Until then, I'm not allowed to say a word. And what's happening now is all my buddies, they're all texting me wanting to know. Good friends. And I mean, people just friends separate from all this politics stuff or friends who are in the media, friends who are outside of the media. Hey, tell me. Uh, And I text them all. I I, I cannot. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Oh, come on. I won't tell anyone. Maybe you won't tell anyone. But when I say I'm not telling anyone, I'm not telling anyone. I'm the only person on the face of the planet who can actually keep a secret. I don't tell. And when I say I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything back to this trump thing. And yes, I'll give you an update on the car situation, pickup truck situation shortly, but back to this trump thing. Trump talking about how he was right. Think about think about how much of the system demanded a couple things. A little over a year ago. Think how much of the system demanded that you acknowledge that coronavirus was the only thing that mattered in the world. Think how insistent they were that you acknowledge that. No, go home, hide, close your business. Well okay, well, I I understand it's it's a virus that's killing people, but I actually have to make a living. Are you selfish? Go home and close your business. Everyone's gonna die. Okay, okay, but what about What about the kids? This is actually really bad for the kids. They're not interacting with other kids. It's bad for their child development. Are you sick? Coronavirus is killing everybody. Go home. Think how insistent they were on that, how insistent they've been on every single part of it, even now, even now with the vaccine. And look again, remember, I'm not taking it, but I don't care if you do. I don't judge either way. Do it or don't. It doesn't matter. It's your body. Do what you want. But think how insistent they are on it. I can't I I have apps on my phone that are completely unrelated to anything COVID or anything else, and I'll get notifications from them. Use the discount code blank to save money on your vaccine. Wait, what? Why are you sending me vaccine stuff? You're not a medical place. They insist you believe on thing, you believe in things, and it creeps me out. And they also insisted, insisted that China not be associated with coronavirus. Remember when they were all screaming how racist it was when Donald Trump called it the China virus? Even though it came from China? This is why that trust we were just talking about has been so eroded. This is why it's been so eroded. Chris brought up during the break... Chris and I were talking during the break, and he said to me, he said, well, what's crazy is how far they have to go, and they haven't started yet. And he's 100% right. It's not just that they have a million miles to go to get your trust back. It's that they don't have any interest in getting your trust back. They're not even at the point where they're admitting, I have a problem. They're the alcoholic who wakes up in the morning, and Downs a fifth of vodka before breakfast? And he's not even at the place where he admits, okay, this has probably gone too far. Maybe a little. By the way, quick side note, if you are somebody who struggles with that, get help. Get help. You no, There's no judgment here ever on the Jesse Kelly Show. Believe me, there's nothing you could do that would ever be worse than the things I've done in my life. But... There's no shame in getting yourself some help. I've seen that destroy lives and I've seen people turn their lives around. So if you need help, go get go get yourself some help. But anyway, side note. That's where they are. The system is the alcoholic downing the fifth of vodka before breakfast and still not at the place where he says to himself, I have a problem. Even most of those guys who get to that point in life, they know they have a problem. They may not want to tackle it, they may not intend to tackle it. They may just decide it's over, I'm gonna die. They know there's a problem. The system wakes up in the morning, starts pouring straight vodka into his coffee cup and is saying to himself, man, I have got life figured out. I can't believe how weird everyone else is for not doing this. That's where the system is at this point. And that's why we have so, so far to go. So far to go. I mean, how bad is it? Well, here's a headline for you. Supporters of Trump unequivocally support extremism, according to Pentagon official overseeing efforts to root out extremism. His name's Bishop Garrison. He was appointed by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin to lead the Countering Extremism Working Group. You... You do remember what the political officers did in all the communist countries, right? What the political officers they assigned to military units did. And you do understand that's happening right out and right now here. And it's not happening in a hey, Soviet style yet, because America's system won't simply wouldn't withstand that yet. It's happening right now in a soft way. It's not just the people they're going after. It's the people who are sick of this garbage, and they're quitting. We are losing our best warriors from our military because they're not going to put up with this garbage. So they're quitting, and we're going to get stuck with an army of Democrat turds. That is a very dangerous situation. All right, it's time to talk to Pastor Daryl Scott next about the black vote, why the GOP's losing it. Hang on. This week, this week only, Eden Pure Thunderstorm is putting out a deal special for my listeners. You see, I've told you time and time and time again how I bought one Eden Pure Thunderstorm because I always have an air purifier, always, and I was floored. I mean, absolutely floored. And then, of course, my son stole it, and it took the odor out of their room. I mean, look, I'm supposed to tell you how great it is for cooking smells and cigarette smoke or pet smells, and it is. All that stuff is true. The most impressive thing is taking the smell out of my son's room. But I was so impressed I went and bought two more, and now you can have three as well. This week only. You can get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack, and you can save $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word Jesse3. That's Jesse and the number three, and save 200 bucks. I've been looking forward to this. Joining me now is my friend, Pastor Daryl Scott, author of the book, Nothing to Lose. Pastor, you said this morning the GOP is failing at something badly when it comes to black voters. Tell me what you're talking about. Well,
6: i said that the GOP usually um, selects or uh, backs candidates that reflect the party to the community rather than select or back candidates that um, reflect the voters in the community. And, you know, where I got that idea from there was a couple of years ago, myself and my business partner, Kareem Lanier, were sitting down with some uh, Republican donors that were very uh, generous to the party. And we said to them then, this was going into 2020, I think we met them around 2019, or either it was 17 going into the 18th. And we said, why do you guys always get behind these stuffed shirt, buttoned up black candidates that walk around like they got a stick up there behind? We said they do not relate to the community they don't they don't have that connection they don't relate to the community the black voters in these areas that you want to support they won't support them. and you know what he said that i found very very um, enlightening he said but those are the ones that we can relate to you you understand what i mean he was he was a a very rich very influential buttoned up older white guy who has been a lifelong republican he said those are the ones we can relate to it was the black candidate that Um,
1: uh, You know, he went
6: to college and nothing wrong with that. And he had a white wife and nothing wrong with that. And, you know, he was a stuff shirt looking kind of corporate looking guy and got cleaned in the election by a guy who was in and of the community that um, they were running in and had more of a connection to the man on the street and when he said that he said but those are the ones we relate to and i think that his statement was a reflection of the party as a whole when you look at the republican party and the candidates we get behind you know when when it's a black candidate it has to be a certain type of black candidate whereas the democratic party will get behind candidates that were not only in the community but were also of the community you know i i see a lot of these these uh candidates out here that will say well you know i was born in a certain area and i was born in the hood and i made it out of the hood and i went here and, and it's one thing to be in the hood but it's another thing to be of the hood
4: what You're is the, guy that came up, what is the got difference out,
6: got out of there and you have no connection
4: Excuse me. What is I'm sorry to interrupt you, Petra, but what is what is the difference? Because I, I look, obviously, I'm not from the hood. I'm as white as snow. What is the difference between being from it or being of it? Like what does that mean? All
6: right. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me make it say it this way. When I grew up, I came up and I was out in those streets for a long time until I gave my life to the Lord and got out of the streets. Now there were guys that were in the same neighborhood as I was. And with my friend, like in the first grade and second grade, they never did the things that I did. They were never part of that community street culture. You, you understand? And so they were in the community. They were in that culture, but they weren't of the culture. And so they couldn't connect with the man on the street. These were the guys that they, they did the right thing, and there's nothing wrong with doing the right thing. But what they did, they were raised up to say, hey, go to school and get out of here and get as far away from here as you possibly can. And so the one gentleman I'm thinking of in particular, he and I were best friends in the kindergarten, first, second grade, third grade, but he didn't do the things that I did. In fact, his parents saw me, you know, do something one time and wouldn't let him play with me anymore, <laughs> when was young at least not in front of them. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. He went off to college. He actually was a member of Bill Clinton's administration for eight years. After the eight years, he was assistant secretary of education under Bill Clinton's administration. He came back to Cleveland, ran for mayor. Now, of course, I'm going to be on his side because he was my friend since we were little. Mm -hmm. The people in Cleveland didn't connect with him. He came back and said, hey, I I did what you guys said. I, I raised up and I went to school and I went away to college and I became a part of the President's administration, now I'm back to run for mayor, and the people of Cleveland were like, hey, man, we haven't seen you around here in the last 15 years. You think you're going to come back and lead us just because you did that? Just because you made what you consider to be a success? And that's what happens. You have, If you look at the candidates that the Democrats have, even let's go look at Georgia. Let's look at a flawed candidate like Warnock. The people in the community knew Warnock. He pastored the church in their community. The people in the community knew Warnock. Warnock could point to... Uh, Activities that he had in the community that Kelly Loffler couldn't point to.
4: Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Now I do, I understand it very well. And look, and, there's and, and no to ability. Be quite honest,
6: the Republican Party doesn't even really want to campaign to the black community. And that black vote, that black vote is the sleeping giant that has woke up and it's not going back to sleep. If you don't campaign in that black community, you're not going to get that black vote. And you're not going to win no
4: election. No, I understand what you're saying. And there's no ability. There's no ability like relatability in everything, in politics, and business, and everything. Right. You, you know that very well. I mean, I'm sure it's probably the same from the pulpit. There's just no there's no substitute for that being relatable. But right. is it that the Republican Party doesn't Doesn't want the black vote or is it that they don't know how to get it? Because when I have candidates on, like uh, Joe Collins is a great example. Joe Collins is running against Maxine Waters for the second time. Obviously, pretty rough area of L.A. He said last time, every time I have him on the show, he complains that the national GOP didn't back him, and it drives me insane the GOP won't because it's a losing battle. Let's be honest. Joe Collins is probably going to lose again and maybe again and maybe again. So the GOP feels like it's a bad investment. Is it is it that they're looking at it from more of a business perspective than a not understanding it perspective?
6: I, I think it's a little bit of both. See, here's the thing. In the past, the GOP didn't need the black vote. So they didn't care whether we got it or not. We didn't need the black vote in Georgia. Let me tell you something. I was on Air Force One back in 2017, myself and my business partner, Kareem right there and he told some people on Air Force one day, and he said, Stacey Abrams is mounting an aggressive grassroots ground game in Georgia. We better come up with something to counteract that. He warned them back in 2017, and we watched it in full effect in 2020. And what it was, the the, the GOP didn't need the black vote then. The GOP needs it now because that sleeping giant has woke up. And so the GOP has to... Uh, to um, acknowledge the the fact that the black vote is very critical these days and go after. And like you said, they didn't support him. Um, Let me, let me say this as flawed as Al Sharpton is, as flawed as, as uh, Maxine Waters is, here's the thing. There are no black activists or no black champions on the right. You know who the black champion on the right was? Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, Think about probably, it. If a black, probably if a true. Black person, if a black person feels victimized or a black person feels wronged, who on the right can be called to champion their cause? Nobody. There's a ton of people on the left they can call. They can call an Al Sharpe say what you want to about him he will at least bring attention to my plight and make me feel as if there's someone that gives it, that cares about me Pastor, we don't have any of that on the right let because me ask you something let me ask they you something cuz i'm up against Kansas the break here
4: Let me ask you something, because I'm up against the break here. Is there any way you could hang on so I can do one more quick statement with you? I have have one more question I want to ask you about that. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you so much. Joining me now, Pastor Daryl Scott. He is absolutely the best. I told you it was going to be good. We will be right back. I have another question I want to ask 145 over
3: 92.
0: 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest,
6: and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the
5: impact of having a stroke. My memory is
1: shot. When I woke up, I couldn't
3: speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at
6: manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm uh, coming back. Ask your doctor, check your blood pressure.
3: Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.
4: Joining me now is my friend, Pastor Daryl Scott. I told you he was going to be good. Pastor, I, I, I do have a question about bridging a gap I see between the black community and the GOP. And this is the gap I see. And this may just be me personal. I despise all forms of identity politics. All of them. I, don't, I, I hate that women vote for women because they're women. I hate that black people vote for black people because they're black. I hate that white people vote for white people because they're white. I, I just don't, I don't place value on those things. But a lot of people do place value on those things. I'm also not naive to human nature. Am I wrong? Is there a gap that can be bridged there? I I think that's a a big gap that right now that we're seeing between the GOP and black voters.
6: I think there is a gap that can be bridged there. And it's because I don't think the GOP holds the black voter in in the same regard as they hold the white voter. And let me say that. Let me qualify that. I'm not saying they think lower than the human beings. I'll give an example. I was at the White House. My and my business partner were at the White House discussing election strategy. And there were all these different um, ideas being broached about reaching out to the black voter. And then finally we said to, I don't want to say names who we talked to, but we said, listen, the black voter wants the same thing that the white voter wants. And they said, what? We said money. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you want to come at us? and talk about schools, and talk about crime, and talk about social programs, but you go to the white voter and talk about economics and taxes and, 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 and things like that. I said, we want the same thing. Do you realize the majority of the problems that are identified as being uh, problems in the black community, the crime that's committed, those are financial-based crimes? People sell dope, that's a financial-based crime? A lot of the killing that occurs through these gangs are financially based because they're based upon these gangs selling drugs and different things, doing criminal enterprises, breaking and entering, robbing, stealing. Those are all financially based crimes. If they have the money, if a person has the money or the economic uh, wherewithal, he doesn't need to sell dope. If he has the money and the economic wherewithal, he doesn't need to rob somebody. He doesn't need to break into anywhere. And so a lot of the problems of the black community, are financially-based problems that if we can improve the overall economic condition of the black community, we can alleviate a lot of these problems. I knew a guy, I knew some guy, my nephew got killed in the drive-by years ago, a nephew of mine, my wife's nephew actually got killed in the drive-by. He was part of a gang. Uh, maybe six months, seven months after the, the drive-by, I ran into a couple of the gang members that, because I had to preach the funeral, I ran into a couple of the gang members that went gang with him, and they were working for the city. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? He said, the mayor gave us all jobs. That's how the mayor broke the gangs up. He got them jobs. I saw the guy another 15 years later. uh, uh, He was grown now. He came up to me. brother Scott, how you doing? You remember me? He was one of the guys that was part of the the drive-by. He was now a community activist working to help talk to guys that are on the street to get them out of their life and this and that. And he was still working a nice, productive job. The way the mayor broke those gangs up in that city of East Cleveland was to get them jobs. And that's the reason a lot of the people in the black community are endless right now, because of the opportunities that they don't have financially. And so they don't need social programs or whatever. They need jobs. and Everybody can't go. doesn't go to, want to go to college. I think the trade schools need to be uh, back. re-implemented so they can learn a trade, learn a profession, and then they won't to come to that type of lifestyle. I don't think there's anything. I think the anything... to connect with that. I <laughs> think the president's platinum plan, it resonated with the black community because it gave us hope of financial turnaround.
4: I don't think there's anything we could do more damaging to people, white or black, than send them to college in this country anymore. I don't want my kids going to college.
6: <laughs> uh, nah, I hear you on that one. Because, you know, everybody does it. When I was growing up, I knew guys when we were in the sixth grade that wanted to be mechanics. They knew they were going to be McCash. All they did was work on cars. All they did. And years later, they had their own shops. They had their own this and that. There's some people that have different career goals that don't follow the what is supposed to be the paradigm, that you're supposed to grow up, go to college and become an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer. Everybody doesn't want to do that.
4: Yeah. Pastor I Darryl didn't want to Scott, do it. <laughs> Pastor Darrell Scott, everybody, you are the best, man. Please come back. Join us soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. God bless. Bye-bye. I don't want my kids to go to college. Is that weird, Chris? In all seriousness, does that make me weird? I, I'm, I'm a lot of people. I, I understand this has been tradition in the country, where your kid the, 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 walking up to you and saying, "I, mom, dad, I've I've thought about it. I decided I don't want to go to college." That was supposed to be a, a, like a lower moment in people's lives, a lower moment in people's lives. Oh no, my son's going to end up doing something dumb. I'm dreading the moment if it happens, and I have two kids. I'm assuming it will happen with one or, or, or both of them. Hey, Dad, I want to go to college. I'm, I'm legitimately dreading the moment. And, I mean, it should be noted, as a father, I'm already manipulating them and telling them, don't ever come to me and tell me you want to go to college unless you have something specific you tell me you want to do. Other than that, don't even approach me. Or, or have fun paying for it yourself. You know, have fun paying for Did I tell you what I did to them with their new phone, by the way, Chris? <laughs> you see, part of being a loving father is teaching your kids how much you truly, truly care about them. Well, my boys are 10 and 12, and we decided we were going to get them a phone. Now, they've had a couple phones in the past, but I mean just flip phones. The kind of thing, hey, put this in your pocket. When you go off to camp or go to a friend's house so you can give us a call or an emergency situation, something's wrong, something like that. Just We didn't want them facing their phone all day. We're big on that. Well, the, the crappy flip phones keep breaking. They break every other day. Finally, we realized, look, we're just wasting money. Let's get them a decent smartphone. So last weekend we went out. We finally got them a decent smartphone. Yes, one phone, Chris. No, they don't each have their own phone. Are you out of your mind? I'll oh, shoot. I'm up against the break. I'll finish my story in a second. Hang on. Oh, man, it's it's so fun to quit dipping. Nobody's ever said that. Nobody in the history of mankind has ever said that. (laughs) So listen to me. Because it stinks, because it's hard, you're going to need help. There's no shame in it at all. So go get some Jake's Mint Chew. Your help is sitting right there. Jake's Mint Chew, it's dip, only it's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. They have 11 different flavors of Long Cut. They have four different flavors of the CBD pouches. And just as a personal preference, I would really recommend the CBD pouches. Because of the CBD, they really take the edge off, and there will be an edge. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E at checkout for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget, you can email me anything, your love, your hate, your death threat, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single email. I will not respond. I get way too many of them, but I read them all. And Ask Dr. Jesse is coming soon. In fact... I have an asked Dr. Jesse question about New York City that I'm going to answer today. And it'll be uncomfortable, but it's going to be right between the eyes. But first, we have to talk about this Republican governor. We have to talk about the coming military purge and what it actually means for the United States of America. What does it mean for our future? It's not just one little story. What does it mean? We'll talk about that next. Hang on.
5: Jesse Kelly returns next. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
0: That 21-year-old pimp, that 21-year-old pimp, that 21-year-old trafficker who is not yet a convicted felon, Roll on in to any place you want and buy a gun under this provision and walk around in whatever way you want. No training, no understanding, wild west pimp style. That's what this bill does. And then that pimp can roll into whatever small businesses in your community with their stable of girls, and they can flaunt it, wild west pimp style.
4: <laughs> it might be, it might be my favorite soundbite we've ever played what is she talking about (laughs) that was of course the texas legislator democrat trying to prevent what just happened texas passing (laughs) constitutional carry with his stable full of girls (laughs) all right let me finish my story so the boys i have two boys 10 and 12 we finally go get them a smartphone one shared smartphone and don't worry, we don't just hand it to them. Oh, have fun staring at your phone all day. It, it's very, very rigid in my house. There are, there. are It's a points-based system where you have to earn time playing video games and on your phone, chores, good deeds, things like that. It needs a phone case. They didn't have any phone cases in the store that fit them that phone. So I tell my boys, and I don't know how they can't see this stuff coming now. I tell my boys, I said, don't worry. I'll, I'll cover your phone case. Let me order that for you. I order their phone case. Takes a few days to get there. Finally gets there last night, and I know it's coming, right? I'm like, boys, just got word your phone case is on the front porch. Go grab your phone case. And they're all excited because they can't, they're, they feel so grown up with their new phone. The, Thanks, Dad, I appreciate it. And they run out to the front porch. They grab the box. They bring it inside, and they can't, they don't even have time to grab the scissors. They're so excited to get their new phone case on their new phone. <laughs> and they pull it out. It's a Little Mermaid phone case. <laughs> they were so furious. <laughs> they were furious immediately they ran out back with a bunch of cardboard and spray paint to spray paint their new phone case. <laughs> that is how you keep your kids humble, everybody. All right. All right. Chris, do you have that audio from the Philadelphia police officer? Here's the deal. This is from uh, Steve Keeley. He's with uh, Fox 29 in Philadelphia. It's a news show. It's a great show. There's He sent out something on social media saying two High school age teens, 15 and 18, are the fifth and sixth murder victims within just 30 hours in Philadelphia. Police say two shooters fired 32 shots to kill the 15-year-old and 20 shots to kill the 18-year-old. Chris, play that audio.
3: He was shot multiple times. He was shot in the head, the neck, the chest, the torso, and arm. We found 32 spent shell casings in the 2,500 block of Sydenham Street. They were on both sides of the street. They were on the sidewalks. They were in the middle of the street. We also found what appears to be a laser light that attaches to a gun. So that laser light appears to have fallen off of possibly a gun and it's laying on the sidewalk. It's still lit. Hopefully, our crime scene personnel can get some fingerprints or possibly DNA from that laser light.
4: I was told that the cops were the problem. I was told time and time again that the cops were the bunch of, bunch of racists Hunting down black men for sport, and if we just crack down on the cops and defund the cops and remove the cops and blame everything on the cops, that these problems would be solved. you want to know some numbers? This is from the National Fraternal, Fraternal Order of Police. You want to know real numbers? Not just for crimes, murder rates. You want to know the murder rate increases in these cities? Staggering numbers. Philadelphia up forty percent. Minneapolis. Up 56%. Portland, buckle up for this one, up 800%. New York City, up 22%. Chicago, up 22%. Los Angeles, up 27%. Washington, D.C., up 35%. I understand you don't know any of those people who died personally. I don't know any of those people who died personally. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. But they're real people. They're real people. And they're out there dying. And I'm going to be real critical here. Why are they dying? They're dying because not the left, but the right, fell down on its face and begged for forgiveness in the wake of George Floyd's death for racism they didn't hold. White guilt was so easy to lay at the feet of so many that not the left, we know the left's disgusting, the right laid down for it. Please, just don't call me a racist. I've told you a thousand times, I lost my own pastor, my own church. I've never been back ever since then. Great man. Loved it. Great sermons. Enjoyed it gets up in the wake of George Floyd's death this is after sending out an email saying he's attending a what white people need to know conference and then gets up there and tells his entire congregation you know we, we really do have white privilege i watched the entire gop lay down for it oh uh, uh, where's where's tim scott we need we need federal police reform i watched that useless idiot senator lankford from oklahoma Decide that, well, what we really need to do is change the name of military bases. What I didn't see was a single elected official. And correct me if I'm wrong. Please, you're welcome to. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. I didn't see a single elected official with the spine to stand up right away. Not a week later, not a month later, to stand up right away and say, whoa. One bad incident in Minneapolis does not mean we have a bunch of racist cops. And the cops are not the problem in these poor communities. That's stupid and insane. And we're not going to do this thing. And you know what? If someone had done that, if someone had done that, he would have been destroyed by the system. Absolutely destroyed. They would have made him out to be the grand wizard of the KKK. And he would have been the kindest person in America when it comes to actually saving black lives. But instead, the system once again insisted that you agree with something. And they forced people into silence. They forced people into these crazy apologies. Remember Drew Brees? I'll never forget it as long as I live. Right away, puts up a video talking about he doesn't know he'll never bow kneel for the flag. He loves the flag. He had two grandparents, two grandfathers who fought World War II. I love America. You know, very benign rah rah stuff. Immediately gets shamed into multiple public apologies for simply talking about loving the country. If we're too emasculated to defend this place when the system when the hordes come for us then we're never going to win. And I'm not saying that to indict people. What I'm saying is you need to buck up for next time. There's going to be a next time. And it might not have anything to do with race. It might not have anything to do with the new virus. We talked earlier in the show about the Chris virus, which will undoubtedly be worse than all the others. And if you missed that or any other part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. iTunes on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. But there's going to be another thing, and the system is going to insist, insist that you say their lie is the truth. If we are strong enough, not the majority of us, it doesn't have to be the majority of us, if enough of us are strong enough next time to say, no, that's wrong, then we will make it through. All right. Let's talk about the sunroof. Hang on.
5: Miss something? There's a bug. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found.
4: The Jesse Kelly Show. You know what's better than having an Eden Pure Thunderstorm? Having three of them. You see, your home, it can always smell better, right? On top of all the other benefits the Eden Pure Thunderstorm brings you as far as killing viruses and bacteria and mildew and mold and things like that, on top of all that, Can't your home smell better? You know the Eden Pure Thunderstorm takes odors out of the air? It doesn't cover them. It takes them out of the air. And this week, this week only, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You can get three units for under $200. Here's what you have to do. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the code word JESSE and the number three, JESSE3, and that'll save you $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. I still cannot believe that's real. That was, of course, John Cena apologizing in Mandarin for saying Taiwan was a place. (laughs) That's so unbelievable, man. Remember, we got Julie Kelly coming up in 10 minutes. She sat down and interviewed the man You've seen the pictures of him, the man who went into Nancy Pelosi's office on January 6th and sat down and put his feet up on the desk. Julie Kelly has been digging into this whole January 6th thing, and I mean digging into it in ways that are making a lot of people uncomfortable. Apparently, they have thousands of hours of video from inside the Capitol they will not release to the public. Why? I I would like to see video of the deadly insurrection, right? I have been told, the system has told me a thousand times that this was an attempted coup to take down the United States government. As an American citizen, I find that to be very concerning, and I would like to see video of this coup so I can be on the lookout for these people and be aware of what happened. I, who knows? I, I I just I would like the information. That's all. I'd look, as soon as you tell me, you have to believe this. Oh, and I have I have all this evidence that that shows what I told you to believe is true. And I say, oh, okay, man, that's that sounds scary. Show it to me. And they say, well, no, you can't see it. What am I supposed to think about that? What am I supposed to think about that? All right, quick side note. Let's just just get get this out of the way. As longtime listeners of the show have known, I have had some problems with my pickup truck. Problems with my pickup truck. I've had a deal, an electrical board, and the steering wheel went out. So I w- when I would press the volume button, it would switch the radio from podcast to AM radio, and I had to go replace it. It cost like six hundred dollars. Six hundred dollars to replace this stupid little electrical board. I just I'm floored at the cost to fix a car, right? And then and then I had a problem with the air conditioning. It cost me, I think it was a grand to fix. And then I had a problem with. <laughs> Here we go again. We're gonna, get, here we, we're gonna get We're gonna get these mean emails now, Chris, of people making fun of me. I had a problem with the sunroof, okay? The truck has a sunroof. I didn't request the sunroof. The package I requested had a sunroof in it. I didn't request the sunroof in my truck, nor did I ever really use the sunroof in my truck. Of course, like the second time it gets used, it breaks. I have to go get it fixed. I like to shop local. I went to a local shop. Worst mistake of my life. Took a week to fix what they said it'd be half a day. It's still not fixed. I still have parts I have to take it back in and get put on. No, I haven't taken it back in yet, Chris. It's a total disaster, right? Long story short, it's a disaster. Well, add all this up to a couple days ago. I go to press the volume up button again to and once again, it switches from podcast to AM, which means the electrical board is going out. And I, already to- I had previously told you about an incident where I tried to answer the phone. The phone answered, but they couldn't hear me. But the radio was playing at full blast. And I very shamefully lost my temper behind the steering wheel and ended up punching the computer display a couple times. It was not a fine display. It was immature. I'm not proud of it. Okay, but it happened. Add all that up, and I'm at a uh, a birthday party for one of my neighbors. I told you we have this neighborhood; where we're very close. Everybody hangs out all the time. While everyone has a July 4th thing, or birthday thing, or Halloween or whatnot, I'm at this gigantic neighborhood birthday party. One of my guys who was there is a big shot in the car industry, has this gigantic you know car place and whatnot. And I'm telling him, I'm just complaining about my truck, just just like we're doing right now. And he says to me, well, why aren't you trading it in? I said, well, no, no. I ride my my cars until the wheels come off. I I don't need – I'm not a huge – I'm not a big fancy things guy. I don't need a new car. I I need a working air conditioning and and preferably some comfortable seats and and a Bluetooth so when I get endless phone calls, I can talk on the phone. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. The situation right now is – There is a huge car shortage in the United States of America, a gigantic car shortage. You can't get new ones. You can't get the microchips for the new ones, and you can't get used ones. And used cars, people don't realize this, car dealerships make a fortune on used cars, oftentimes way more than on new cars. He said, at no point in the rest of your life will a used car Be worth as much as it's worth right now. Now, my truck's like, what, five, six years old? He did some figuring on me and showed me what my truck is worth. I about fell out of my chair. It got me thinking about upgrading. Well, here's the thing. If I upgrade to another pickup, and I'm a pickup truck guy. That's really all I've had since I got to the point I could afford a daggone pickup truck. If I get another pickup truck, the new ones cost a fortune. So I'm not really gaining anything. The new ones cost a fortune. So I got to thinking to myself, hey, what if you got a car? Now, no, I'm not driving around a Mini Cooper or something. What if you get a bigger car, a bigger sedan? So I went and test drove one yesterday. I'm going to go test drive a couple more. You know, I'm looking for some kind of good four door sedan. Obviously, not, I'm not driving a Jaguar or something here, people, but it's something like that. I'm wrestling with this, and I can't decide whether this is a pride, ego thing, whether this is stupid, or whether it does matter. You ready for it? This is what I'm wrestling with. I'm not a car guy. I'm not a car guy. I'm a pickup truck guy. I have this lemon of a pickup truck. It's costing me a fortune at this point in time, an absolute fortune, $600 for an electrical. It's costing me a fortune, but it's still a pickup truck. And I'm big. I think, look, as you know, I'm 6'8", 230. I'm huge. I think I might look stupid getting in and out of a car, right? Is that crazy? I think I look stupid getting in and out of a car, and I don't. I don't want to be that low to the ground either, even though it's fun to drive things that are low to the ground like that. You do feel like you're feel like you one of the racers in the movies, Chris. Do they still sell standards anymore? You're one of the car guys. Do they sell? I'd like a standard. I love stick shift. They don't make stick shift anymore? Ah, oh, these spoiled brats. How are these kids supposed to learn? That's how we were told we had to learn when we were kids. I'm a stick shift master, Chris, especially because my first car was a $600 1983 Honda Accord, and it would always always crap out on me, and we always had to push-start it. And you can push-start the stick shifts, you know, where you throw it in neutral and get the car up to a high enough speed and then hop in and and slam the clutch down and throw it in gear, and it'll start. Apparently, those days are done now. But (sighs) I'm not a car guy. Maybe I should become a car guy, but I don't want to spend the money on a new pickup. And I don't know if I'm a car guy and I don't I don't want to keep this stinking lemon I have anymore. You know what I need to do, Chris? Seriously? Insurance fraud. That's what. Oh, we probably shouldn't say that on the air. You know what? Never mind. We'll come back with Julie Kelly in the insurrection. Hang on. you makes quitting easier and, and look for me it's the only thing that worked because I needed I needed a replacement so I could keep my routine that's just the best way I can put it I needed a replacement so I could keep my routine I couldn't just finish a meal back when I was dipping and say oh okay I think I'll I think I'll put a patch on my arm well, that's not a dip in my lip I mean, yes, I, obviously I was addicted to the nicotine, but more than anything else, I was addicted to having something in my lip. Jake's Mint Chew allows you to have something in your lip, only it's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free, which means it's guilt-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's Mint jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E at checkout. That gets you 20% off. The Jesse Kelly Show, and I've been looking forward to this. Joining me now is senior contributor to American greatness, Julie Kelly. She is one of my favorite people. She's been all over the insurrection stuff, coup stuff. Julie, I was told there was an insurrection and there was a coup. And I was told there are thousands of hours of videotape that prove this. And now I'm being told that I'm not allowed to see them. Why,
0: <laughs> Jesse? Thank you for having me on and back at you, and thanks for all that you do and for covering this. Um, yes, yeah, so there's more than fourteen thousand hours of surveillance Ooh. footage that was yes captured by the U.S. Capitol Police's extensive security system. Now, as you know, Jesse, the Capitol grounds are huge; the building is huge. There's a lot going on. So they have more than 14,000 hours of surveillance from that day that they are refusing to release, trying to keep under protective orders. They claim that it's highly, judges actually claim it's highly sensitive government material that only Democrats can see in Congress, apparently. And they're keeping this not just from the public, but also from media and even uh, very limited access to these video evidence
6: to
4: uh, defendants and their defense lawyers okay julie now i'm i'm not a lawyer and the fact that i'm unintelligent and uneducated is widely known so please walk me through this do they have a point is it is it too sensitive is there a reason you wouldn't allow the defendants to have access to this that doesn't that doesn't even sound legal
0: uh, right, I'm not a lawyer either, which I think actually helps me <laughs> explain this a little bit to uh, people, because I'm not over lawyering it. Um, but obviously, Jesse, this is part of the cover-up. They don't want people to see who was at the Capitol that morning. We know that the first breach,es violent breach, occurred as Donald Trump was speaking. I mean, I've read through these charging documents. They have people charged who were there at 12:30 in the afternoon. Uh, and that's when some of the violence occurred. Well, Donald Trump was already speaking. None of his supporters who were there could have made it there uh, in time by 1230. So we would have seen, especially who was there early, how they got there, how they were dropped off, the lack of security, why there were so uh, such a, a minuscule, really, law enforcement presence. And just as this all unfolded. You know, Jesse, Lee posted a clip at American Greatness of U.S. Capitol Police talking to protesters inside the building that day, basically giving them the green light to go ahead into the building. And we've seen other clips like that, too. We would probably see a lot of footage supporting the idea that there were hundreds of people who thought it, that it was okay to enter that building, wander around, take selfies, et cetera. That's what the government Hold, on,
4: hold on. I just want to clarify, you just said you have video of Capitol Police telling people it was okay to come in?
0: Yes. I mean they didn't use the word okay, but you have Capitol Police talking to, you know, the organic shaman guys, the guy with the horns, um, and others just saying, We're not against you. You just have to show us this this is the officer's words, you have to show us no attacking anyone, no assaulting remain calm. That's what he instructed to these protesters. Later following him into the Senate chamber, allowing him to sit at the desk, and then he's sort of coaxing him to leave. Um, But, but Jeff, you've seen this. You've seen a lot of footage of Capitol Police standing there, taking selfies with people, letting people into the building. These aren't the violent people who are attacking police officers or smashing windows. Um, These are people really on the other side of the complex, who are simply entering the building thought that they could be there, now are being arrested for trespassing, disorderly conduct, and other charges.
4: Julie, you sat down with the man who sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk. What's his story?
0: So we were told it was Nancy Pelosi's desk. It actually was just a desk in her office. Uh, Richard Barnett is the man. I'm sure everyone remembers the photograph. Jesse, it's funny. There just happened to be photographers in the office uh, capturing pictures of people as they sat at this desk. Uh, Anyway, he basically turned himself in. He was arrested, detained on January 8th, transported to a special, as I call it, Trump prison in Washington, D.C., where he spent more than four months just under pretrial detention, right? So he hasn't been convicted of any crime, just charged with a number of really trespassing and disorderly conduct charges, finally was released by a federal judge uh, late last month. So I spoke with him, my article's at Am Greatness, and it talks about these solitary confinement conditions that the January 6th detainees are living under for months awaiting trial. Uh, and these trials won't start until the fall at the very earliest. Julie... <laughs> Do you think
4: the truth is ever actually going to come out? Because this is what I fear. You are one of the only people I've seen who's been all over this. And so what happens is it gets slow rolled and slow rolled and slow rolled by the mainstream media. And what we'll get is a book written 20 years from now by somebody who will actually tell the truth. But by then the damage has been done. We're not going to really get the full skinny on this ever, are we?
0: No, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. We won't get the full counting of it. Um, I think that's sort of the purpose of the 9-11 Commission, is to stay focused on what they want us to focus on. Um, but it, we won't know the truth. I mean, we're slowly trying to uncover and reveal aspects of what we've been lied to about, With not the least of which is that Officer Brian Sicknick was murdered with fire extinguisher and then told he died from a reaction to airspray, neither of which was true, but it doesn't change the fact from millions of people, including journalists, including the White House, Jen Psaki, earlier this week, saying that several officers lost their lives that day. They're not even hiding. They're not even trying to tell the truth. They are repeating lie after lie, uh, misleading the American people into believing something happened January 6th that did not happen.
4: Julie, My frustration, as you well know, oftentimes is not necessarily with the communists because they're dirty scum and they are what they are. My frustration is with the right who seems to cave on important things like January 6th all the time trying to be good little Republicans. Why? What are we lacking on our side?
0: You know, I share that with you. The left is who they are. They've always been that way. But to see this craven Republican leadership in the House and the Senate, uh, it's just it's so frustrating and infuriating. That's why they need to be removed from office, removed from power. These are not the people capable of taking on the Democrats at all. You know, you see this week, Kevin McCarthy, why are you wasting time about a tweet from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? You have Trump supporters right down the street from where you're working who are being treated like hardened criminals because they dare to support Donald Trump. But he's worried about some tweet. I mean, they never get their act together. They always act as useful idiots for the left. Um, and that's why they uh, most of them should just be run out of office as quickly as possible.
4: Amen. Julie Kelly With American Greatness, go read everything she does. Follow her on social media. Thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate you.
0: Jesse, thanks for having me on.
4: I mean, why can't we ever find the truth out about anything anymore? You know why? Because of what I've been telling you time and time and time again. None of what you see is real. Everything the system tells you is a lie. Everything they told you about COVID and George Floyd and January 6th and a million other things, it was all a lie. And so you and I have to spend 90% of our time finding out the truth. All right, I have an email about New York City and headlines I didn't get to. Next.
5: Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think
4: so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Have you ever pulled out your weapon and had the holster break off your belt and come with your hand as you raise your weapon to fire? You know that's actually happened to me before. Happened to me on the range by the grace of God. It did not happen out when it could have got me killed. But what if? What if that had been a dangerous situation? And you know whose fault that was? Mine. You see, I thought, well, I mean, I have my weapon and I train with it all the time and I, I know how to use it safely and, and therefore I'm good to go, right? Well, no. I The weakest part of the chain is what determines how strong the chain is and you can have the best weapon and the best skills and the best training and everything else and the best bullets. But if you have a holster that's going to come apart on you, It might not matter. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout for 10% off.
1: Do you have peer approval? I have never asked my peers whether they
4: approve. Why not? I don't care. (laughs) That is the great Thomas Sowell. Man, what a legend that guy is. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Speaking of legends, let's talk about me for a sec. What, Chris? We got an Ask Dr. Jesse question I thought was interesting. And, yes, I'm going to start answering these throughout the week. Friday's just, there's too many. So, this one's called Dear Swami of the Simple Man, Shogun to us all. Curious how New York was on your recent visit. We haven't had a chance to get there since all the craziness started a year ago. So I was interested in what a fellow New York lover thought about the condition that it's in now. Is there truth to the, quote, it's trash now stories? Or would you really not notice a difference at all? Thanks. Well, I am a New York City lover. Love it. Don't want to live there? I mean, I guess, I guess I wouldn't want. I should say, I don't want to live there with kids. But I actually think I could have a blast living there, and maybe it's some decent apartment. It, 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 I could. I love the place. Now, I've only ever visited for two, three, four days at a time, and it has always been insane. You have to love it for what it is. It, it's a horn and cuss words and crazy people and incredible food. It. it New York feels old in a good way, because it's so historical. There's so much history there. It feels old, it feels big, and it feels important. You feel like it's important. You go down to uh, go down to little Italy, and you're walking down these rows of restaurants, and all the menus are in Italian, and it's all Italians there. And it's some old Italian, uh, you know, mom and pop working in the back with their Italian kids and grandkids working it. And it's just the best Italian food you've ever had in your life. Or it's a grungy street hot dog. or Like I said, it's crazy, right? So I love New York. Has it changed? Yeah, it's changed. Is it trash now? I don't think I'd say that. I don't think it's as bad as everything you see on the news, but I will tell you. It's getting bad. I I mean I had to go down uh this is not the last time I was there, but the time before that I had to go there. I had to go uh down to the subway or I had to not subway, I had to go down to the train station because I had to take a train from New York to DC to do some stuff. It doesn't matter, but I had to step I mean and I don't mean around. I had to step directly over multiple homeless people walking through this nice top end, like clean train station. And there's just homeless people walking around. There are drug addicts, oftentimes obviously homeless, uh, very obviously messed up on drugs walking around. One night we were walking and there was a homeless dude in the sidewalk ahead of us punching a trash can as if it was a heavy bag. This last time when I got to New York City, I mean, look, and again, there are so many stores that are opening up now, and it's coming back, and believe it or not, most of the people didn't have masks on, and it's coming back, but I was there for an hour or two, maybe, and this is broad daylight. I'm walking down the sidewalk down to a meeting I have, and a guy just simply unzips his drawers and urinates on the sidewalk right in front of me, right in front of me. I had to walk right by him while he was just peeing on the sidewalk. You know that I'm a sociopath, right? That I'm a moralless, heartless monster. I've never I've never made any bones about that. I find it hard to be around that. Not just because it's gross, but I find it hard to be around that, and I know this is going to sound pathetic. I find it hard to be around that because I think it's sad. I think it's sad when I see people who are just shattered like that, completely broken everywhere. That's tough to see. Uh, is it back to what it was, you know, even two, three years ago? No, it's not. Is it total garbage and I'd never visit now? I wouldn't say that. I, I had fun there for a couple days. I didn't do anything major. It was mostly business, but had a couple nice meals and they weren't too bad about all the mass stuff and money it wasn't that bad. It's still New York. Is it a lot worse than it was even recently? Yeah. that yeah, is. it is. There's no two ways around it. We took a card-carrying communist. That's what Bill de Blasio is. He's a card-carrying communist. Remember that. We, we know his background. That's what he is. We took a card-carrying communist and we put him in charge of The biggest city in the world? I know it's not big population-wise, but the most important city in the world? Is that probably fair? That's probably fair to say about New York. It's way up there if it's not. We took a communist and we put him in charge of one of our crown jewels of a nation. You know, your huge cities as a nation of an uh, the huge cities of a nation are part of – What make up that they're a big part of what make up the nation? You know they're what you show off to tourists. You know people travel from far and wide. I want to go see New York, and now they show up and people someone's peeing on the sidewalk. I'm not just I'm not just embarrassed for New York. I'm embarrassed for my country. That looks bad. So there, that's my answer. Hang on.
1: public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
4: It is the Jesse Kelly show, and we have a fun show planned for you tomorrow, as always, because, I mean, would the Shogun ever lead you wrong? What, Chris? You don't know what it's like to be the military leader of a nation like I do. (laughs) Jesse, the Shogun Kelly, don't forget, you did not miss the big announcement, and I have a big announcement. It is coming soon. I will get it to you the second I'm allowed. Do not scream at me. It's not my fault. I'm not allowed yet. And the timeline is out of my hands. I'm waiting on something else to get done. And then it'll be on. And you are going to enjoy the changes. There is pretty much no question about that. That's all. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off.
3: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round.
4: We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, mm-hmm. I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. Pepper.